and welcome to the Game of Thrones finale episode of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly, and I am just, just shoulder deep in nerdiness right now and just reading up on the recap of the Winds of Winter and the Bastard Bowl, which were the last two episodes of season six of the Game of Thrones. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jerry Burris, who is not as excited and as into the show as I am. However, he still, Jared, tell me how you felt about both the last two episodes of Game of Thrones. Last two episodes were by far some of the best television I watched in 2016. I I wouldn't say I'm not as into it as you. I just don't read every single blog, tweet, and post that I could find about it. Um, Thus, my, not as into it as me. Well, if <laughs> being a fanboy means never passing up on a Reddit article, then obviously you take the cake. I'm more of the kind of guy who has to watch the show on closed captioning, reading uh, whose people names are because I forget who they are. I go, who's who's mustache guy? Well, I'm, for the, well, what really pissed me off was for the longest time uh, with the Lannister side is that Tywin and Ty- Tyrion, you know, Tywin was the father and Tyrion's the, obviously the Peter Dinklage dwarf. It's like they had the, f- the same friggin' name pretty much. So for the first three seasons, I was confused at who the hell they were talking about. So I see your point. It gets so confusing um, with just the different names, the different storylines, and it really doesn't help that they all have a British accent and they all say weird words like Maester, which I actually Googled today because I've been watching this show for the past six seasons and I never really knew what an actual Maester was. And I was like, maybe it's just their take on Master and that's that's pretty much what it is. The more you know. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, let's get into uh, the both the finale as well as the penultimate episode, the, the Battle of the Bastards. Both episodes were just were just on fire from the first moment to the, the closing scenes. Um, really enjoyed not only this whole season, but also these two episodes. So let's get right into it, okay? Listen, if you're not a sport if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, just I'm turn not it off. Hate- I'm not going to hate you if you turn this off. We're going to talk the Bastard Bowl, and we're going to talk the Winds of Winter, which uh, were the, the last two episodes of, again, the greatest season finale that I've I've ever remembered ever since probably something from Lost. Um, you know, it, it just a lot going on. A lot going on in Game of Thrones right now. We've been teased with who are Jon Snow's real parents. We've been teased as what's Daenerys' next move. We've been teased, you know, what's going to happen to the Tyrell family when they're all on trial for being homosexuals and being <laughs> and hiding being a homosexual um cersei what the hell is she gonna do uh sansa what's what's going on is she pregnant is she not pregnant um aria the badass i mean there's just so much to talk about and, and we're gonna get into that right now so um first off the bastard bull i mean that 30 minute fight was just was balls. It was so much fun to watch. It was actually, I, I was sitting there and I was, my brother was in town because we were going to the, the parade and he had never watched an episode in his entire life. I go, listen, dude, there's just, there's an episode every year, every season where it's just a fight for 30 minutes. You just got to sit through it. You, you just like be okay with that. And he's like, I don't care. It's fine. And he actually was like locked in because it's that, that one battle episode that we're used to seeing every season. And this by far was the best one. Am I wrong? No, it, it was it was unreal. I mean, yeah, the Red Wedding wasn't really much of a battle. The, the Battle of the Blackwater was was just kind of a one sided battle in the end. Um, but this one was just twists and turns, and it all started with friggin' Rick and Stark. I mean, uh, zigzag. Seriously, zigzag. Like, is it too much to ask? I mean, listen, you you don't have you don't have uh, a 
bunch of guys with AR-15s just pointing the barrel at you. No, you have a guy shooting arrows at you. And yes, yes, you know, uh, Renly could have could have eventually said, okay, all archers go. But just turn around, see where the guy shoot. I'm sorry, not Renly, Ramsey Bolton. <laughs> see where Ramsey's aiming. Go the move like ten feet the other way, and then keep on running to your brother and rinse and repeat. It's really not that hard. So Ramsey Bolton killing Rick and Stark just 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 got John Snow. He right, was seeing he red. He, right, well, that that was all part of the plan. And Sansa said to John, "Don't let Ramsey do this. I know how Ramsey thinks." What did John do? Didn't listen to his hot redheaded sister. Instead. He just ran at his brother trying to save him, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, shit. There is no way Jon Snow makes it out alive. I mean, he had just 40, 50 horses bearing down on him, and you're like, oh. And, and, and it, was, it was like you're watching, you're like, oh, he's going to go. Like, they're going to do this to us again, and you know, he could tell he was ready, and he's going to go down swinging. He took his sword out. He was ready to rock and roll. Then all of a sudden, boom, the wildlings and his army came from behind. Um, one of the one of the better scenes of that episode, and probably of Game of Thrones in the general, was just John, just just getting out of the way, being agile, getting out of the way of you know of spears, of swords, of horses from both sides. Yeah. That was one uh, of the better shot scenes they've done um, in 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 probably. I'm trying to think, there was a comp in like season three, but that that, that was unreal. The way that the, you know he, he turns and looks, he looks like he's about to get smacked by a, a, an axe. Then all of a sudden, a guy comes in, whack, just totally takes out the guy who's coming in from the other side. Um, the th- I actually was sitting on my couch feeling like claustrophobic. <laughs> I don't know how you felt, but I was really getting like 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 somebody had tied me up in a sleeping bag and was starting to jump on my chest. It was really bad. Well, yeah, and I mean, you're just like, okay, just get out of the way, like, like come on, let's. Like, you just want him to 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 somehow get free and 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 go after Ramsey Bolton, but uh, you know, Ramsey did a great job of of really taking John's he army. He just stayed in the back. Well, what what by by great job? I mean, he had his army set up to to because he knew that he was going against a lesser army, right. less men, undermanned. Um, he he was really able to just co- control with his war strategy control where the fight was going to be and all of a sudden throughout the fight you just see bodies on top of bodies on top of bodies and he's pretty much building a body a wall of bot of dead bodies and it reminded me a lot of the scene from 300 i was just about to say it looked like <laughs> the battle in 300 yeah and and all of a sudden you're like oh shit they have nowhere to go yeah and then next thing you know you see okay this is what he's doing he's pretty much going to literally suffocate um john snow's men and and literally, Jon Snow almost suffocates, and you, he's he's trying to fight. At first, I was very confused what was going on. I thought his men were trying to hold him down to um, to actually keep him safe. And also, I'm like, oh wait a minute, no, this their the no, army. They thought, was, they thought he was dead. And, and right, Ramsey's army's just pushing in on them and and forcing you know trying to make ten pounds of shit into a five pound bag, and it, Dude, it ain't I've, gonna fit. <laughs> I've felt like that being in, like a mosh pit before. It's it's oh. brutal. <laughs> Uh, Under Oath, uh, 2006 at the Grog Shop. That's how I felt. As I lay dying down in Columbus. I, I totally <laughs> felt like that. So so eventually, you know, we saw – so we are sitting in the giant 1-1 just getting stabbed left and right. Like, oh, he's he's going down. And and you would have thought that maybe he could like grab a tree on the way in and just, you know, use that to knock these guys around. I never but, understood why he didn't have like a gigantic weapon. 
Like, right, it's just right. so hard to figure out, like, a big stick, or, like you said, or even, you know, forge him a sword. Seriously. I mean, is it really that hard? It won't be Valerian steel, but you can do something. I mean, he, he can, he can, the problem is he'd probably have to forge it because it would be so heavy that the blacksmiths probably wouldn't be able to carry it. <laughs> um, but what ended up happening and was something that was alluded to about two episodes before. And what I love about Game of Thrones is if something happens, the ep- so if something happens, so happens in episode six, it's really going to, um, impact episode eight or episode nine it's not going to impact the episode right after so it's not fresh in your mind and all of a sudden we see little finger peter baelish come with his knights of the veil and they just go to town on ramsey bolton's uh army um and again sansa two episodes prior wrote the letter and somebody on reddit zoomed in and it said you know you promised to yada 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 if i ever needed you and some things weren't clear and as you're reading it you're like oh wait a minute she's writing to to lord peter baelish who who is obsessed with the stark family and will do anything he can uh, to be the hero that um th- that they've always needed and all of a sudden he comes to their rescue and i mean the war was over at that point i mean ramsey knew he was screwed Long story short, they break down the walls. One one takes an arrow into the eye, kills him immediately. Which what pissed me off about that episode was, listen, if Ramsey wanted to kill Jon Snow, why didn't you just shoot him in the face instead of shooting one one? I, I didn't understand that. That's true. That's I, I, I never thought about that. Um, I, I think maybe it's like, hey, I, I'm, at least I'll go out with some sort of dignity and I'll let him take me out one on one. But next thing we know, obviously. Uh, Jon Snow beats the crap out of Ramsay. Sansa comes in and says, "Hey, let me let me be the one to to put him to put him down. <laughs> I married him. He raped me." Uh, and next thing you know, uh, Lord Bolton's hounds, who were starving for days, ate him to death. So, um, one thing he did mention that is going to be very interesting to see what Game of Thrones does with this. Uh, Ramsay said something along the lines of, "I'm part of you forever," or "You still feel me," or something like that. A lot of people are saying is is Sansa pregnant now, and if that's the case, that means the Bolton bloodline still is alive. And if I were her, I would throw that baby. I would three hundred that baby. I would throw that baby over the cliff into the water the instant it comes out of my uterus. Luke, I think you're overthinking this a bit. No, you, okay. So you don't. So you don't think that Sansa's pregnant? I think it's a Peter Baelish baby. Peter Baelish hadn't had sex with her though. Not that you know. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, she rejected him in the season finale. No, I think you actually uh, might be might be right. I just wanted to get a Peter Baelish. Uh, that was impressive. It was. It, and, I, I would like to hear you do Carcetti from the Wire. Um, that one's a little harder. I don't know the Baltimore one. The other one I've been really <laughs> working on is doing um, oh, Sansa's son, uh, King Tommen. Uh, a Cer- Cersei's son. Cer- I'm sorry, Cersei's son, King Tommen. That 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 one I like to throw in and piss off my wife with. Uh, I'm like. <laughs> The faith and the crown <laughs> have decided that we will get Jets Pizza tonight. And he, sound, so- <laughs> he sounds like Michael Caine before he goes <laughs> to puberty. Like a, like a 12-year-old Michael Caine is perfect. Right, right. right. <laughs> no, I think um, you're right, though. I do think that Sansa might actually be knocked up. Yeah. Um, definitely was raped and might actually have either some serious, you know, devastation down there or actually might actually be carrying – a Bolton baby. And like you said, I think if it is that way, then she needs to take care of that thing. Um, <laughs> I think cast off 
it, rhy- it rhymes with it rhymes with smushmortion. I don't know if they have a word for that in um, Westeros. West, uh, yeah. Um, but the Vol- interest Valerian the- for smushmortion. <laughs> the, the interesting thing here is though is is Peter Baelish going to want some sort of retribution for winning Winterfell for the Starks? Oh, of course he will. Because that's his endgame. He always does. And we saw a really interesting, you know, back and forth between Sansa and and Littlefinger after John was claimed, you know, after his um, cronies were chanting, King of the North, King of the North. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sansa immediately looked down because she knew that this guy's up to no good. If you rewind again, ton of nerds who are far nerdier than I am and have read these books a million times. They went back to, I think, season four where Cersei actually told, you know, she said the Queen's Decree says that I will, you can have Winterfell as long as you raid and win it. It's yours whenever you want it. So now that Cersei is the Queen, and we'll get to that in a second, that pretty much means that per the Seven Kingdoms, Winterfell is is Lord Peter Baelish's, which is you know, and he's got the Knights Vale, who is the army that won the battle. Uh, obviously, the Knight of the Vale far more numbers than the Wildlings that Jon Snow had. So that is going to be very interesting to keep an eye on. I think will be a huge uh, talking point, huge story arc in season seven. Um, but yeah, let's we'll talk- find out in twenty seventeen. Don't worry. <laughs> I know it's so far away. This season again. This season was so good that I, I haven't been more excited for something forty six weeks away. Um, I, I actually plan on watching, rewatching all six seasons in between, just to kind of get caught up and and hopefully it's I can actually make it through all six. I've seasons. never done that, and I've always said that'd be a great idea is to sit down and watch all of them. Um, but I also have a life, right? And- right. <laughs> Um, but let's talk about let's talk about what happened at the Sept uh, during Cersei's and uh, Loras Tyrell's um, their trials. So obviously a lot of shit went down. Yes, uh, that scene where uh, oh, what the hell is that guy's little name? I'm going through my notes right here. Now again, I always there's so many people's I names. I never know the names. Just I don't I don't either. But guy. it's is it it's mustache a guy? Is it short guy with blonde <laughs> hair? Like how, no, that's the way I describe um, it. So I found it in my notes. It's a great scene. It's Cersei's former lover and cousin, uh, Lancel, who was the guy who pretty much led the charge for oh, the set. Tattoo he, guy in the forehead. Yep, yep. Um, love the scene of you know the high priest or the high sparrow tells him to go find Cersei wherever she is, and he follows a little kid running into mm-hmm. Kyburn. I'm going to kill his pronouncing, but Kyburn, Kyburn, um, the guy who pretty much made the zombie mountain, um, the, mace, led, the, the like dark maester. Right. Right. Um, you know, he, he's fall. He was, this guy's called like the little, the little birds or whatever. And, and Lancel's following him into an alley, into a cave, and all of a sudden, this little the little kid just stabs him, and Lancel's on the ground. And he looks over, and he's like, oh, shit. I'm surrounded by barrels of wildfire, and there are three puddles of wildfire with very, very small candles about to explode right in my face. And Game of Thrones, they did a great job with music of just building everything up. Um, and again... Lancel's trying to make his way over to those candles to blow him out, and does he make it, Jer? Did you think that was ooze? I thought it was ooze, and we were going to have some sort of like turtle <laughs> situation. No, I'm just kidding. Um, or, or, or maybe, maybe it could have been a uh, a Ghostbusters tie-in. 
Oh, you know? my God. <laughs> Cross promotion. I was uh, waiting for Kobe Bryant to show up. <laughs> um, no, my, my – uh, it's funny. Like in between the last episode and the one before it, um, my wife was saying like that there are giant caches of wildfire throughout the, the city and um, King's Landing. Like they're just sitting there. And I was like, how do you know this? She's like, don't worry about it. I know it. And – there it was, and that's the thing. As soon as I saw that one drip, I go, "Oh my gosh, she's exactly right." There it is. There's this yep. giant thing, and this is going to be a big problem. Well, and the reason why that we knew that was going to happen, or that was a possibility of happening, was Mad King Aerys Targaryen did the same exact thing, or right. was going to do the same exact thing. He's the, actually the one who who put the barrels of wildfire in the you know the this the the it was the basements of of the bowels of King's Landing. And that's why Jamie Lannister killed him because Jamie Lannister risked his honor in order to be called, you know, being called the Kingslayer, um, not only to get Brathians to have the, um, the Iron Throne, but also because he was going to kill millions of people because he was the Mad King. He was crazy. So the interesting tie-in now, so obviously when Cersei kept King Tommen from going into uh, the trial um, and killing off all of her enemies, the Tyrells, the High Sparrow, just pretty much killing off that whole religion of the Sevens, she is now making Tommen in control, um, which is, again, by, by killing potentially thousands to millions of people. So now the interesting thing is, is Jamie going to have to kill his mad queen wife or sister? Because obviously we saw Tom and once he saw the destruction, once he found out his wife was dead, once he found out his religion was dead, he went bye-bye and went flying out the window. And, and that was night, night for King Tom. And so now Cersei after being ro- married to Robert Baratheon is the, the sole heir to the throne because all of her kids are dead. <laughs> Don't you love the way that they dressed her and did everything? And it made her seem like the absolute perfect villain. Yes. That's what we were kind of lacking in this show for a little while was the like there's an absolute good and absolute evil, and we didn't really have that. She is the absolute villain. It's almost like she is the heel that we were all supposed to boo and hate, and right. we're going to figure out who the baby face is real quick next year. Right, right. And, you know, is that Jon Snow? Is that Daenerys? Uh, th- there's there's so many directions that this show can go, but it's all going to come to a head next season. And mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome because you currently have four factions that are just on a crash course for each other. You have Cersei and the Lannisters ruling the Seven Kingdoms right now in King's Landing. You have Jon Snow ruling the North, but what's going to happen with Littlefinger? Is Littlefinger going to play ball with Jon or is he currently working for Cersei? You have Daenerys and the army of the Unsullied, the Dothraki, the Ironborn, and three badass dragons who I have no idea. I mean, it just seems like it seems like that there's no – this is like the, the, the Cersei's team is like the 85 Bears. I don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, the White Walkers, the White Walkers are the fourth faction. I don't see how anybody's stopping Cersei and her just horde of just angry horse riders, angry guys who got their nuts cut off, angry dragons – and another thing too, how does she get so many ships? I understand the Ironborn had a bunch of ships for her, but like she still had like ten thousand ships made in like a day. Also, yeah, they said they were building some, so 
Right. Well, apparently they have a, a great shipbuilding uh, assembly line because they built these massive ships in, a, in what, like two weeks' time? Obviously, I'm sh- I know that time runs differently um, than what we're watching. However, um, it, it's, it's, you're going to see a lot, of, uh, a lot of battles the next two seasons, and I'm sure that the next two seasons are going to be really very, very interesting. Oh, I can't wait. Um, and, you know, one storyline that the book nerds are happy to see come true and uh, the, the me becoming the Game of Thrones nerd, I was pretty excited to see actually come into fruition is the popular theory that R plus L equals J, which is who are Jon Snow's parents? We now know that Ned Stark is actually not the bastard father um, based off Bran's uh, his war. Traveling, in, traveling in time, warging back in time to see that his father ran in to try to save his sister who was in the pool of blood um, and she said to him you know keep him safe keep him safe this was Lyanna Targaryen I'm sorry Lyanna Stark who was actually Lyanna Baratheon um, who was wedded to Robert Baratheon however at the war of the uh, not the war of the roses but at some jousting games whatever I can't think of the name right now Ray I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've gone past what I'm, what I'm capable of knowing. That's anyway, okay. Keep going. Rhaegar Targaryen, the brother of Daenerys, actually, quote unquote, kidnapped. But the theory goes that they actually eloped um, with Lyanna, pissing off Robert Baratheon, starting the War of the Roses. What ultimately ended up with Rhaegar Targaryen's death, and is the reason why all the Baratheons and the Lannisters want to kill the Targaryens, Daenerys. And the the creepy guy who has a golden throne on his head now that uh, the Dothraki pulled the the molten gold on his head. Danny's brother, yeah. Right, right. So, so now you know the theory is is that Rhaegar is the the father of John Stark of John Snow. However, we really didn't hear that because again, being the um, you know the sneaky bastards the Game of Thrones showrunners are, they muted right when she goes and keep so and so's son safe. It's like ah, oh, screw you guys, um, but. The interesting thing now is, is Jon Snow a Targaryen? That's the real question. Mm-hmm. If he is, that means that he's the rightful heir to the Seven Kingdoms. Um, not only he's just the, the king of the north, he is the, the king of the world, of Westeros. So um, to see who actually ends up being the father or of, of, of Jon Snow and, and how that relates to Daenerys' plans, because there's three dragons. Allegedly, there's three riders. Daenerys, Tech- Tyrion, who potentially could be a Targaryen as well. I know that gets convoluted, and we can go over that at a different time. And then Jon Snow, is he the third writer? So once they figure all that out, and again, that will be a huge storyline next season, um, it's going to be interesting to see where Daenerys goes with it. And as a, let's say, how do I put this nicely? Uh, not to piss off the other nerds, but as a very, very easy watching person who doesn't understand a lot of who's who and what's going on and stuff like that. I did get right away from the cut that that was Jon Snow they're showing and that yeah. and, and that is that is definitely him as a baby. And it's now I'm in a situation like so is Danny his half sister? Are they like nephew niece? Are they cousins? Like it's gonna be very interested uh very interesting to see how this all plays out. Um I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But I do know that I enjoyed this finale. And I'd like to 
ask you, do you think this is the best season finale to Game of Thrones that they've had? If so, is it better than any other show you've seen on HBO? Because I think it's better than, I'm going back to like The Wire season four. And I thought that was the best season of television I've ever seen in my entire life. And I even think like it's better than, it might be better than the first uh, season of True Detective. What do you thought? What do you well, think? I, I, two great shows. Um, I still think True Detective was vastly overrated, but that's besides Ooh. the point. Even season one? Even se- season two sucked. Season one, I, I, I get why people liked it. I thought it was just – it was had a, too much too much hype because the last 30 minutes was just Russ Cole talking about time being a flat circle. Um, <laughs> but in regards Cutting to the – cans. Yeah. Um, in regards to the best season finale for Game of Thrones, I say absolutely without a shadow of doubt. The reason why is because seasons one through five, the last, the season finale weren't the great episodes. It was this, the episode before that, so yeah, the second seven. to last episode. Yeah. So, so what what this season did was they made the penultimate, so the second to last episode, and the season finale both badass. Um, so. This season finale was fantastic. Best one in Game of Thrones history. I think that in the end, it probably goes down as the best season finale that I've ever seen. Reason being because not only did they tie up loose ends, like Cersei now being the queen, um, but they also left open a ton of cliffhangers. What's going to happen? You know, Daenerys is on her way to just take back what's right, what she thinks is rightfully hers. Um, what's Jon Snow going to do with the Littlefinger issue? Where are the White Walkers at? You know what? What's their plan? Um, so there's still they they've closed off some loopholes for the time being, um, but three major storylines are yet to be determined, and and you're gonna have people just itching for more over the next few next few months. I know that personally. You know, I I came into this whole podcast experience with you, Jer, right before the season of uh, the first season of Game of Thrones or first episode of Game of Thrones for this season. Yeah, and I, I really wasn't that into it. I, I it was one of those shows. It's kind of like The Walking Dead. I just watch it because I've been watching since season one. And I feel like I'm pot committed, and if I gave up now, I'd be disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. That was my thought process leading into the season. Now that the showrunners have finally taken over, and George R. R. Martin's taking a back seat because he just took forever to, to get his storylines out there, um, I'm all in. It, it's they did such a good job this season. Not only. Was their you know their their storytelling fantastic? But they they did stay to the the theme of the books. You know they kept it close to the vest. Um, George R. R. Martin said, "Hey, there's, these are these three things you need to do. You know, you need to Hodor. You need to do that whole thing. Um, you need to talk about John John Snow's parents, the Tower of Joy. I mean, those are the big things, the aha moments that uh, the showrunners they said that once they talked to him, um, they they were like, oh crap. Um, so they 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 kept that." True to that. However, they put their own spin on it, and they added a lot more content. I feel to to the the story and the show itself. And not only that, they're just getting people like me who would never read the ten million page books actually interested in thinking about reading the books. Um, no, I still can't do that. Yeah, I'm all set. I'm all. I'll let I'll let all the other nerds who've read all the books and they know all the theories. I'll let them write about stuff on Reddit, and I'll read it later. Well, who uh, do you think? Was who do you think had the best season this 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 year of the storylines going on? Who kind of like won season seven or that, season this, six? This is easy. This is I mean you could say Jon Snow because he came from the dead and that's a cheap way out. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Was like the guy was <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you who won this season. 
and that is Arya Stark. Okay. Oh, really? I thought you were going to yes. say Danny. No, no. Arya Stark won this season, and I'll tell you why. Because her story, it was pretty much dead. You're like, all right, she's she's hanging out with these faceless assassins. Like, what the hell? Who cares? What's going boring. on here? It was so it, it was boring. it was so boring. And then finally, she, okay. So now all of a sudden, she, she's she's not. She's not totally buying in into what they're preaching. Right. She's saying, I'm going to still be myself. And she was herself. And she kind of learned how to be she, – she was on her way to becoming a badass, but she kind of went full badass in this season. And um, you know that all, that all boils down to uh, when she was able to kill Walder Fry at the end of, of this episode. And I didn't see that coming whatsoever. And it, it, again, I, I, it reminded me a lot of the Scott Tetterman must die South Park episode where Cartman forces uh, Scott Tetterman to eat his, pam- his family. Um, Walter Fry had to eat meat pie and it was literally meat pie because it was the bodies of his sons who were part of the reason why um, the whole Stark family, Arya's family was killed. Um, and, and Arya got her revenge. She did the whole faceless thing where she was wearing uh, a mask, and you're like, she was hot. She was cute. She was real cute. Um, but I, I got over my selfishness of saying I want to see a cute chick on screen. I will allow Arya to. I will enjoy this as she kills um, this asshole, Walder Frey. Yeah, uh, again, Walder Frey was Frey the- earlier. It was awesome. Did I? Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was. I mean, he he was the reason behind the red wedding again, which. Yeah. That was just where where all the Starks were murdered in in cold blood, um, and it was great to see her getting uh, the first name on her hit list. And you know who else is on that hit list is the Hound. So mm-hmm. uh, we didn't see him in the season finale, and with the uh, with the seven being extinguished by Cersei, uh, the the much acclaimed theory that the Bastard Bull happening probably isn't the case, which was. Uh, the zombie, the mountain versus the hound, who are actual brothers. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see if they end up going that uh, going that route with the Clegane Bowl of them actually fighting each other and killing each other. Um, but I, again, there, there's still so much that they can talk about. There's still so much that I don't. I'm just scratching the surface of the different storylines they can go after because there's just there's so much that they haven't even shown in the TV show yet that are just. And it's not even really explained in the books. It's just briefly mentioned that, oh, the father of this king was actually this person's bad. I mean, it's, it's, there's so many different storylines that George R.R. R. Martin has created in this universe. And it's just, it's, it, again, I'm, I'm gushing like a fanboy right now, but it's, it's got bit. me hooked. It's got me hooked. Um, but uh, any, any, other, any other thoughts about the finale that I haven't covered in this 45-minute spiel? Um, the hardest thing to get over was seeing Melisandre naked and, then, <laughs> but I, I made it and we got through all the episodes, but other than that, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting too. That I just want to quickly point out that how much they're showing the, the, um, the parallels between Danny and Jon Snow. I mean, obviously Jon's a song of ice. Danny's a song of fire. That's the name of the books. Uh, they've both been rebirthed. Uh, Danny, when she came out of the flames twice naked, which was awesome, yes. and then also John literally being reborn by Melisandre. Um, so it just shows that these two characters have a strong parallel, and either they're going to eventually work together, or they're going to butt heads here soon. And I really don't know which way they're going to go with it. It's just, it could be it could go either way. Which is more likely to happen? The Celtics sign Kevin Durant <sighs> or 
Jon Snow and Danny marry and become rulers together. You know that I, I I saw that theory floating around the internet about them actually getting married because hey you know Danny she left a guy that she thought she loved just because she wants power and I, it wouldn't shock me if if they find out that they're actually cousins and they're not half brother and sister I could see that working out I'm sorry not cousins uh, if, if it's if, niece and nephew right right because or they don't nep- really fra- they don't aunt. they don't really frown upon that upon that in uh, Westeros no but. It, they still do kind of frown upon, you know, brother sister incest. So, um, if it ends up that the Mad King is actually uh, Jon Snow's father, then I could see that happening. If that's not the case, I think we've seen enough incest um, for these guys to see over the next uh, for a, for a long, long time, um, for a lifetime actually. So, um, uh, we'll see. If it ends up that I'd say I put it at about five percent. Okay, so I said one percent of the Celtics yeah. will sign Kevin Durant. So I'll put it at about. Three percent if they're half brother, half sister, and I'll put it at about twenty five percent if they are uh, niece and nephew or uh, aunt and nephew. So take that for what you will. Okay. So a lot to talk about here with Game of Thrones season finale, the Winds of Winter, the Bastard Bowl. Just, just and, and I'm, I've talked your ear off, but but it's just one of those shows one of those seasons where it really sucked me in and i've become now the fanboy and now jerry is the uh yeah whatever uh the 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 old chick with tits i'm like a quasi maester right so if you have any questions about what has happened in game of thrones just send us a message on twitter tweet us at at glory podcast Hit us up on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send me an email with your questions, and I'll do my best to answer them or try to find the answer for you on Google.com, N-E-G-Podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. And, of course, find us on iTunes, subscribe, download uh, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Um, again, for the podcast, we'll talk soon, Jer. All right, I'll talk to you soon, Luke.